This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, Managing Editor at Pop Sugar. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui, the Director of Partnerships at Pop Sugar. On today's episode, we're talking about the phenomenon that is Netflix slash internet boyfriends. But um, before we dive into fake boyfriends, I have to get into the Not Over It for this week. And I am not over Kourtney Kardashian's real boyfriend, Travis Barker, getting her name tattooed on his body. Among his many other tattoos. 102 to be specific. Is I, that right? 102? Uh, yes, I researched this, of course. I'm no amateur. Thank you to bodyartguru.com for having all the information. <laughs> <laughs> they had a deep dive into every single one of his tattoos. And if you're wondering, yes, he has a tattoo of his ex-wife, Shanna Mochler. Remember of the reality? her? Like her face? He has. He doesn't. He only has portraits of his children and his mother and father. But he does have... That's, that's already too many portraits of other people. It's, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's too many portraits. Um, and then he does have um, Cadillac on the side of his body. That's like one of his most large, prominent tattoos, which is just confusing as a brand to me. I don't understand that. But mostly, Kourtney Kardashian posted it on her Instagram. And have we not learned anything? Isn't that like the kiss of death? Not Now I'm like, well, this is will be over in six months. There's no way. Well, I think for people who have that many tattoos. No, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's not a big commitment. I mean, I know Pete Davidson's now getting all of his tattoos removed, but he seems to like, you know, after the first date, he gets like, he had a bunch of tattoos of Cassie David. He had a bunch of tattoos about Ariana Grande. She had some tattoos that were also about him, I think. Yeah. Well, he he got the Playboy bunny. I remember that, which was like. Yeah, when he turned that into a heart. I don't know. Now I mean, he's this, getting that removed. <laughs> God. Well, this tattoo, it just it says Courtney on it, but it's like over a bunch of other tattoos because he also has like no real estate on his very skinny little body. Um, and I'm just, it, them to me is like confusing as a couple, but it's more confusing to me that Courtney is posting it on her Instagram and everyone's like, oh my God, because she's just never been so public about a relationship. So it's confusing to my brain. And now I'm like, you're doing the most public thing, which is like, now we know this is going to be over soon. I'd venture to argue that having a reality show with your ex is pretty public. No, but she's like, doesn't never like talks about her and Scott. And also he's been dating like 19 year olds for the past decade. So that's not even. No, but I mean, when they were together, though, they were pretty, they weren't very private. Nothing about the Kardashians is private. This also just seems to me like, you know, Chris being like, we need to take some attention off of everything that's happening with Chloe this week. So, uh. What what yeah. can we do? But also, is this like now Courtney is going to be a little bit thirstier because maybe she's realizing that while Kim and and like Kim has her skims and like all those other 
business ventures. She's a billionaire now, so she doesn't need anybody. But and then Chloe has good American. Kylie has her lip kits. I like how Kim Kardashian is trying to become a lawyer and getting a divorce. But to you, her Skims venture is the biggest. Thing I like doing. Skims. They are really comfortable. And like, wait, you own Skims? Yeah, I I own a pair of Skims. They're actually like really really. I bought oh. them when so we used you to go. Say that the the sizes are not very good. No, I got them when we used to go um to things like weddings and stuff. Mm. Um, and in the I, days of yesteryear. Yes, in the days of yesteryear, and I actually really like them. Very breathable. I'm a fan and affordable to me. So I thought. But yes, to me, that this is podcast is brought to you by Skims. By <laughs> <Kim> <laughs> I know. I know. I, honestly, I want more Skims stuff. So I, yeah, please. But, you know, every everybody else has like their own thing. Kendall is obviously a successful-ish supermodel. I don't know. I think the industry is not a big fan of her or something. But Courtney just has Poosh, which I don't. <laughs> does she like, even have does, that? Does she even have that? I don't know. She has her friendship with Addison Ray. Oh, God. Yeah, you might want to steer. I think she should steer clear of that one for a little while. But you know, I will but yeah. say, I will say about the tattoos. I mean, once Johnny Depp was able to turn Winona Forever into Wino Forever, I think that <laughs> really showed everyone not to not to be too concerned because about the tattoos. There's no, a there's a way out. Them. They'll be fine. They'll all be millionaires at the end of the day. The tattoos don't matter. That's half the battle, isn't it? So, but yeah, it's still weird to me. I just like keep it to yourself. I don't know. But that's also my understanding. That's why Courtney's sharing it because she has nothing else now. This is all she has, her relationship with Travis Barker, which is now going to end in six months because he got this tattoo. I mean, I think just being in the Kardashian family is something that you have and you don't really need to be doing anything else. Yeah, but remember, Kim did say that she's the least interesting to look at. Well, Kim, Kim says. <laughs> Kim's the billionaire. My not over it is Taylor Swift is on a mission to re-release her old albums because she doesn't own the rights to them, which good for her. Get it, Taylor. But along with that, in the re-release of some of these albums, and she started with Fearless, she's also releasing what she's calling vault tracks, which are basically songs that she wrote at the time these albums came out, but she never released. So one of the songs that she released on Fearless, which hadn't been released before, is called Mr. Perfectly Fine. And the song is about Joe Jonas because it was written in, two, in 2008 when she was still upset about being broken up with by Joe Jonas. Now, at this point, I don't really find it that interesting that she's releasing a song about Joe Jonas. I don't find the actual song to be that amazing. Like, I'm happy for Taylor that she's doing this, but the song isn't like changing my life or anything. But yeah. I love the fact that on day one, Sophie Turner, Mrs. Joe Jonas, posted on her Instagram story about the song saying, it's not, not a bop. <laughs> and Taylor responded forever bending the knee for the queen of the North. And I think I just appreciate, I mean, a, I just appreciate the fact that whether this is, you know, Sophie and Joe getting ahead of the rumors and being like, we're all cool. Or just Sophie Turner roasting her own husband. Uh, I enjoyed the latter. Way. I think the latter, but also, this is also during a time when Joe Jonas used to like straighten his hair and he had like the spikes. Like that's what's good. It's like, wow, we've come so far from the Joe Jonas we used to know to now. No, I mean, they were literal children, which is why I think it's nice that they can all laugh about this now. I don't think 
Taylor and Tom Hiddleston or Taylor and John Mayer can really laugh about. Ooh. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate. I don't know what her. Do you think Tom Hiddleston like still has that shirt? No, Tom Hiddleston <laughs> borrowed that shirt. So I assume he gave that shirt back to whoever, according to him, he borrowed it to cut, co- to cover up a, a bruise. But um, no, but those are the songs from the vault. I'm more interested in like bring, bring me the Jake Gyllenhaal songs from the vault. I, I will take more of those more Jake Gyllenhaal songs. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. Now she's going to keep, re- you know, re-releasing albums and we'll see what we have to look forward to. I would also love to see more Calvin Harris songs because I feel like that was really messy when that ended and we didn't really get, she didn't really have a lot of songs about that. It was, and you know, people don't, I, for, I it's even like people forget, forget about that and they yeah. were together for a while. Yeah, well, she kept it, you know, she kept it pretty private up until the end and then when she didn't, Courtney take some notes, when she didn't, it big it blew up, so you know. Well, I also like that the memes are about how you know John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal and whoever else are all freaking out, but that Harry Styles will be the one to do a duet with Taylor or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is because they seem like they're good now. Yeah, but they do. They were talking. I I I enjoyed this friendly banter, and also Sophie Turner just seems like the best. She does. She seems super chill. Definitely the superior of the Jay sisters. She definitely elevates Joe Jonas. Yeah, of course. There's no there's no world out here that people are like, wow, good for her. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, good for him. Like, I don't know how he did that. I like Joe Jonas. He seems cool. All right. Well, clearly Joe Jonas is not your internet boyfriend. No. Hard pass on that. So sorry to this Joe. But today's topic is about certain celebrities who have garnered a lot of fame, mostly from Netflix, sort of this breakout Netflix fame, and then ridden it as far as they possibly can. Some to more stardom, others to sort of this cult following that mostly only exists if you watch their shows. But of course, the current main event is Reggae John Page from Bridgerton who made a lot of headlines last week because it was announced that he was not going to be appearing in the second season of Bridgerton. And people were very upset about it. They this. were like devastated. Celebrities. I was like people posting about it and on Twitter, like devastated that he's not coming back for the show. And like, what's the point of the show if he's not coming back? And I mean, the point of the show is he's actually was never meant to come back. So the thing about these Bridgerton books. It's a series. Um, but each book focuses on a different Bridgerton sibling. So Right. It's, it's f- a little bit similar to an anthology, almost season by season, but still very connected. It's like a some sort of loose variation of an un- anthology to me, is how I would describe it. Where you know the background characters, but the focus is something else every season. Right. Well, I, I mean, it's basically they're going to go down the line and... Um, well, I guess not down the line because the brother's older, but they're going to focus on each Bridgerton sibling. To your point, they will introduce new characters and other ones will shift to the background. Because yeah. the romance between Simon, the Duke of Hastings and Daphne Bridgerton was wrapped up at the end of the first season, there were never any plans for them to Reggae John Page either. to yeah. have a major role in later yeah. seasons. So... To be fair, you know, perhaps people didn't look into what the next season would be about after they watched the first season, even though 
it, you know, it seems like they had yeah. spoiler alert. They have a baby at the end, and it seems sort of like they lived happily ever after. Like the yeah, it doesn't fairy. seem like there's much to keep going with that storyline, right? So when this news broke, I think a lot of people believe that he was stepping away from the show or refusing to be on it. But really what happened was there were never plans for him to continue to be on it. That said, when he became such a phenomenon and people were so obsessed with him, Netflix obviously tried to get him to come back right. for yeah. the second season in more of a guest role. And he was like, mm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. Now I've moved on. The thing with Riggage on page also is the fact that he's, already been so successful outside of this fandom he was on snl and he's signed on to do these movies with these really big stars he's going to be in a movie with like chris evans and and whatnot so for him i think it's also why would i come back and be a guest star on this show i am the star like this does nothing for me now right the fact that netflix didn't lock him into the seven-year contract they should take some notes from like marvel that's what you gotta do maybe they're following marvel's like code of like you, we own your soul now. You can't do anything for the next twenty five years. Right. And if we decide to make one hundred uh, Simon Duke of Hastings Bridgerton yeah. spinoffs, like even if there are no books, we will create a whole show for you, and yeah. you will be the star. Maybe that's what they need to start doing on Netflix. Right. So basically, people freaked out about him being on this show. He was clearly the big draw of the show. Like, yes, people were very you know into how sexy it was, but I think it was wrapped up in this character, and he quickly took this fame and then like took the first exit ramp yeah. into also i would like to point out that during quarantine i asked becky if this was a show that i could watch with my mom and being only like an episode into it she said yeah okay and guess what don't watch the show with your mom okay first of all someone else told me i could watch the show <laughs> with my mom and it wasn't until episode 3 that i realized it's a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, it's a little bit uncomfortable to watch with anyone. It's a show you should just watch by yourself. Yeah, it really is. Don't watch the show with anybody. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I had to share that. You uh, ruined my life for the week. Oh, you're still here, aren't you? Um, <laughs> so anyway, our main topic for today is talking about the quote-unquote Netflix boyfriend and sort of how amazing it is that the fandom of a hit show, especially on Netflix or a movie, that becomes, you know, all the rage, usually for not a very long period of time, because if they drop the whole show, it's like everyone watches it at the same yeah. time, but then they kind of move on to something else. But often if there is a sexy male lead, and we should clarify that most of the time it is a straight leading male character and more often than not it's a bad boy stereotype so it's not a very uh no, it, it kind of like takes you back to like the 90s rom-com era of like the basic lust that we have of you know these mediocre straight men that everybody just seems to fall in line or like i'm obsessed with this person and then you're kind of like why though why but here we are but i do think the the rise and burn like of these are generally faster with the exception of Riggage on page but also who knows maybe in six months you know although I don't think that happens after you're in a movie with Chris Evans but right well so the interesting thing about Riggage on page is that he's already as we said he's already getting out of here so it's not even like oh he'll be dormant for a while and then Bridgerton will come back and everyone remember him so he's one of the first that is breaking 
out, which is great for him because even though people will probably associate him with this role for a long time, like you said, everyone in the MCU is sort of, you know, that's their blessing and that's their curse. Yeah. They're trapped forever. (laughs) Um, And even when they leave, it's still like you're Captain America forever. Chris Evans. No, Yeah. That doesn't change. Um, And what's interesting about him is that he is immediately trying to move into more prestigious things. And even though he is making a lot of moves and signing on for more prestigious roles, not that Bridgerton isn't prestigious, but clearly he wants to be a movie star. He's not necessarily milking it on his Instagram, on social media. No, he's not, he's not as thirsty. Yeah. Maybe that's what the difference is. <laughs> that he's not chasing the fandom as much as letting the fandom come to him. Maybe that's right. So on that note, Noah Centineo, I think, is the next example (laughs) of someone... Speaking of not letting the fandom come to you. Someone who had overnight fame. I know he was on uh, that freeform show, The Fosters, for a while. But really, he was in To All the Boys I've Loved Before, the Netflix movie that became... uh, a three-part trilogy, yes. But his Instagram following household name brand exploded. Within a week, he was everywhere. He was on Fallon. He was on Kim. It was just wild. And I think he leaned into that very heavily. Yeah. Well, he was like posting a lot of videos. He was basically trying to be his character in the movie in real life on Instagram, which was... I guess cute for like 10 seconds and then people were like, what's happening? And oh, well, then- I felt like I got the opposite experience, which is that his character in the movie, Peter Kavinsky, I mean, and this movie also, you know, plays into these tropes of 80s rom-coms and all that. Like that's sort of the charm of it. Um, he's not necessarily the bad boy, but he's he's a little he's bit like, he's edgy. Like the pop- he's still the like cool a popular. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's like a hot, popular dude. And but clearly like, in real life, Noah Centineo is a little more of a free spirit. He's a little bit out there. His Instagram stories involve a lot of like screaming. Yeah. And he's, he's just a he's got like big if you if you know, you energy. know. <laughs> yeah, he's got like big bro energy, I think. Also, he's dated like Stassi Baby, who is like Kylie Jenner's best friend. And that I think in itself says a lot of the kind of crew that he hangs out with in comparison. Well, he was dating that model Alexis Wren before that. Right. Um, He's a bit younger than Reggae Jean Page. He's also American, which no shade to Americans, but I think he's maybe a little less buttoned up. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. We can shade Americans. We're Americans. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah, I agree. There is an added factor being foreign. Well, and, you know, Noah Senseo, he's definitely milked it. I mean, he has some roles lined up. So he's definitely trying to ride his fame, not only social media, but after that, he already had a couple of Netflix movies come out that did not really see the same success of the two, all the boys series. So he was in the perfect date and Sierra bird just as a loser. But now he is definitely trying to pivot to action movies. And if you've seen pictures of him and how much bulk he's bulked up, particularly in his (laughs) neck. neck. Yeah, I know the neck is, and his back but he is going to play he-man in masters of the universe he's also going to be in black adam which is a spinoff of shazam starring the rock so if you're going to be in a movie with the rock that's that's a good role to have on your resume because everyone's going to go see this movie regardless of 
what it's about because of the yeah. rock. People are obsessed with the rock. Also, if you do Google pictures of He-Man, his neck is huge. So maybe he's just really trying to lean in to this cartoon character. Is he going to dye his hair blonde? This is a ho- this is going to be a horrible look. Well, I don't, don't you remember he had that blonde beard for oh, like a week and God. people were really upset yeah. about it? Yikes. Well, I don't think they're going to like the rest of it if that's where it starts. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where his career goes, but he definitely, he's charming, think- but he's a little out there. I remember he was accepting an award at the teen choice awards and he just made that speech that was sort of like talking about he was like it's not what you do with your time it's what you do with your time for the people who give you the time to give back and before i go i just want to say it matters not what you've done but what you do with what you've done for others or something and cool (laughs) but yeah i mean i find him that even you know, the fact that he kept coming back to the center of the to all the boys movies where he would promote that with Lana Condor and they were very sweet that, together. That's like his like base. Like I, I don't think Noah, like I don't see him being a very successful leading man on his own in the future. Like he's not, I don't think. Yeah, I think if those two had gotten together in real life, she, she's much more charming than he is and she could have leveled out his brand. Well, that seems to be working for Jacob Alordi. I'm more, I'm more interested in where she goes. Let's talk about Jacob Alordi. I mean, his whole brand is, let me just date my co-star and that will elevate. He kind of like rose to fame with The Kissing Booth, um, which is another trilogy series, which is horrible. Um, and I guess they only have two of those out right now on Netflix and there's allegedly a third one coming. Although the second one feels like, actually after the first one, they probably should have stopped, but um here we are still consuming them. So joke's on me, I guess. When did romantic comedies become a trilogy is the question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, someone needs to ask Netflix these questions. Why is it always a three-part situation? Romance is a one-part situation. But yeah, but his character is very much the bad boy in these movies. He punches a lot of people. <laughs> but he's also <laughs> like a genius that gets into Harvard. Yeah, he's a misunderstood bad boy genius. Rides a motorcycle, um, wears a leather jacket. Looks 30. Yes. Very troubling. And he, you know, as we discussed, the fact that he's Australian in real life, I think, helps his Netflix boyfriend brand. Also, the fact that when the first movie came out, he was dating Joey King, his co-star. But as you pointed out... He's dated he, everyone. <laughs> he broke up with her and then ultimately went on to date his euphoria co-star another area where he's beating people a lot in a more sinister dark way uh, yeah that shows dark um but he dated zendaya for a little while they're not dating anymore either no and good for zendaya but he is clearly over his netflix no affiliation. i think yeah he was you could he did like no promotions for the last like kissing booth and you can tell he just like hated his life just having to do like the bare minimum that he was forced to do contractually, I bet. Right. Well, and he said that wasn't the case, but also. Yes, it was. You were on a press tour with your ex-girlfriend, of course. <laughs> right. No one, no one wants to do that. Also, they have to keep being in these movies together, pretending that they're still a couple. That's tough. I know. And now he's dating Kaya Gerber and she's also going to be going into acting. So maybe they'll date in the next show that or whatever she's going to be. Yeah, Kai Gerber is going to be an American Horror Story. I'm sure he might join the cast. 
<laughs> he does fit the bill of the types of men that Ryan Murphy tends to cast. Yeah. That's but his, of, like, his, Matt Bomer. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, have you seen those memes where it's like you can't tell any of the people apart that Ryan right. Murphy Right. He fits right cast. in. You know, he's tall, it's dark, like the Max handsome. Greenfields and, and white. Matt Bomers. And yeah, that's so Ryan Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But I think with um, specifically Jacob Elordi, his rise to fame was like this Netflix movie is what made him like become a heartthrob. And then now he, I think he sort of accepted his fate. I like I don't necessarily know if people are going to follow him elsewhere. Like I don't think the people that are obsessed with him for the kissing booth are now following him to Euphoria and then, you know, else on his other projects to me. Maybe. He strikes me. Audiences. He strikes me as kind of a Liam Hemsworth type where I see him getting cast in a lot as like the young, the young, good looking guy in a lot of action type movies. But yeah, I don't. Well, we haven't really seen him try to do much else. I mean, he's only played high school students. I guess he was a college student in the kissing booth, too. But (laughs) he's only played teenagers. How dare you? He was a Harvard college student. Um, I know. It's always like the most outrageous circumstance it's like well this person looks like he can barely read but of course he goes to harvard well it's euphoria is an interesting case too because we've only seen one season of that show because the second season's been so delayed yeah but he's like the least interesting part of that show he's just there to be like tall and angry and you think he's the least interesting part of that show i think he's interesting i don't i i think the most interesting part of that show is obviously um Mark Dane. No, <laughs> well, listen, Jacob Alerti is going to be in that movie with Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus. So deep water. So we'll find out next year. I can't believe he's going to be in that movie. That's so strange to me. Well, but this is how it starts. He's definitely not the star of the movie. Like he'll continue doing. No, he's going to have like four lines and be like, here. He's not the star of the movie. I think his challenge is going to be, you know, Noah Centineo was clearly like, I'm I'm moving into this action role. This is what I'm doing. I think Jacob Elordi's struggle is going to be, how does he graduate from these broody teen roles into something else? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But first, he has to promote the Kissing Booth 3. <laughs> oh, my God. Mostly what it sounds like is they all need to swap out their agents and PR people and get Rega John's page people. Because... No, but I'm telling you, I think part of the key is he didn't sign on for the lifetime contract. He's like, one season, and now I'm getting out of here. So he doesn't have to keep coming back oh, yeah, to film was- Bridgerton and promote Bridgerton for the next seven years of his yeah, life. That wasn't, I mean, I don't want to give Reggae on Page the credit for that. I think that was like his agent or somebody that was oh, like, 100%. you are too good looking. You will not do this. And also, I, I, I mean, he's ta- to me, he is obviously the superior of all of them just based on his shake on snl i actually found him to be really talented and funny and i think he did a great job okay well now i want to talk about someone who we were already familiar with but seemed to reach a new level of something when he moved to netflix and that is pen badgley oh yes with you that very dark but you very, the show very, not me the show. <laughs> not not becky kirsch specifically well, um, also with me. I mean, I hated him a lot on Gossip Girl. I think most people did, especially with the way that show ended, because spoiler alert, he's Gossip Girl. And then I think he took a brief break. But also with this show, 
you that was originally on another network. It got right. It originally live. premiered on Lifetime and it didn't really hit there. I wonder Lifetime why the came. Lifetime audience like <laughs> they usually love stuff like this. So that's confusing to me. But maybe right. they're too young. Too young. We need more middle class like middle aged people on Lifetime. You can't have people that are this young. It's confusing. Well, they canceled it. Netflix snatched it up and it really I mean, this really just shows the power of Netflix. It was, you know, people yeah. most people didn't even know that this show had premiered somewhere else. And I am one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And it became a huge hit on Netflix and really increased Penn Badgley's fan base. Yeah, his like the thirst level of people going after him. He was like a traditional Netflix boyfriend, the memes and everything. Like people just lusting after him for very well, character is not traditional Netflix boyfriend because his character is a criminal. Well and a murderer. Well, I argue that I actually think based on our love of true crime, we love a good murder. Right, and but it, when you watch a true crime doc, are you usually attracted to the murderer? No, but like when you watch like a making script- a murderer, are you like, oh yeah, no, how many but, followers no, does this guy have on this? This had like everything. This was scripted. It's not real, so it's less dark. I can like also know. Have you seen Making a Murderer? The people on that show? Yikes. But um no, with Penn Badgley, it's just like this hot. It's scripted, so it's I mean it's dark, but it's not real. So you can lust after him being a problematic murderer. But also right. Well, be- this is I would argue that this is closer to Jamie Dornan's role on The Fall, where oh, he really was also a hot murderer. But what's funny about this is that Penn Badgley acknowledged that you going on Netflix is what caused him to gain a whole bunch of Instagram followers. When he hit a million Instagram followers, he put out this Instagram video where he pretended to be like so excited and flattered and then was basically like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Hey, good morning from Manila. I wake up to find, I never thought I'd see the day, but I wake up to find I have a million followers. I don't know what to say because all it took was for me to start murdering people. Y'all get the f- out of here. Well, yeah, the people were just talking about how much they would like to be killed by him. Right. Well, then it, that became a whole conversation of, you know, we the the millennials of today tweeting things like, murder me, Joe Goldberg. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, drive over my body with the truck. Penn Badgley. Um, but him, he, you know, he's very woke. Yes. He definitely presents as uh, I am, you know, a woke and enlightened being, for better or for worse. I read a and lot of articles. He talks a lot about how this is not healthy. Yeah, no. You should like, not be attracted to Joe yeah. Goldberg. You he's should not want, you don't want a boyfriend who murders people. It's not romantic. No. no. But I do think his specific like fandom or lust only comes in waves of like when the season starts and then people kind of like forget about him yes well because he's not he's not feeding he's not feeding into it he's not feeding into it when he's not promoting the show yeah i guess that's fair he should maybe he would get more work out of it i don't know i think he's always taken himself a little bit seriously and i think he's worked really hard to sort of why because of his prestigious career on gossip girl but i think that's the whole point then he returned in the slap do you remember the slap no oh man that is i mean i don't know how much time you have to talk about the slap the slap was it was a mini series where the you know the crux of the whole show was about an adult slapping a child (laughs) at a birthday party 
That was the whole show? Yes. Anyway, it seemed to me like this is not what he wanted. He never wanted to be super. He doesn't want to be Netflix's boyfriend. What does he want? He wants he wants to be Leonardo DiCaprio is what everybody wants. Like I don't they want to have be a superstar but not have to do anything like you know, like Leo just gets to be a really famous hot guy that gets all these awesome movies. He doesn't have to have an inst- all his Instagrams just about whales and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's like that's the dream. He doesn't ever have to post anything personal, which I think that's the energy that Penn Badgley maybe wants to channel, but so sorry to this Penn he is. I think Penn Badgley just like wants to be a working actor who's not chased down by paparazzi and doesn't see a meme of his face smiling as he types on a computer for the rest of his life. (laughs) I don't feel sorry for him. I think he's fine. But I do think somebody that is the opposite of Penn Badgley that has like really leaned into that is like leaned into the thirst is Antony from Queer Eye Mm -hmm. who I feel like once you started seeing those like memes of him, A, he's the guy that cooks. He's like the food. He's the food guy in Queer Eye. But he's not really a gourmet chef on this show. Like his meals are always like a hot dog or guacamole or mac and cheese. I'm going to teach you how to make a guac from scratch. But people would be lusting after him in these memes where he's talking about like something like guacamole can be so deeply personal. And you're sitting there like, yeah, I think. I don't know. He's so cute and he's so good looking. And he really leaned into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he breaks breaks the mold because obviously Queer Eye is a reality show. Yeah. Um, and all the guys on that show are charming and adorable in their own ways. People found themselves very attracted to Anthony, regardless of whether or not he was a great chef. No, yeah, I don't they think were he like, hired on he's for- adorable. Yeah. I want to know everything about him. I love Anthony. I don't think he was hired on for his cooking skills. I like his style. No, there's a lot. Of, he has he has a lot of really cute t-shirt and jacket combos. Just want to put him in your pocket. It's just cute as shit. Okay, I think this is a good time to take a break. Um, and I think when we come back, maybe we can talk about some of the Netflix boyfriends that could have been. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, well, I think... This next portion we can dive into for me personally is um, very close to my heart because I feel like these are the boyfriends that we are looked over, the the phenomenons that could have been. I feel like they deserve a little bit more recognition and didn't really get the fandom individually that a lot of the the ones, you know, the boyfriends that we talked about in the prior segment did, which to me, like the cast of When They See Us, which I know is obviously a very heavy and 
very different from the movies we've been talking about in terms of rom-coms, but Jarell Jerome, who's 23, I think is so cute and very, very talented. And even Asante Black in, in that movie, I don't really feel like they got a ton of followers or a lot of like hoopla about them individually. It was like the movie's really good. The cast is great, but individually, I don't think they got a lot of the thirst that they deserve. Yeah, I do think it's because of what you said is that I unfortunately, I don't know how many people actually watched it. I think it was the kind of thing that got a lot of critical acclaim, but um, really, you think a lot of people didn't? I mean, it was heavy. You know, it was, it was something that was very hard. To okay, watch. well, let me rephrase. I don't know how many of the like super stands yeah. of things like the kissing booth also watched when they see us. It's a little more of a mature audience, I think. Yeah. Here I but am Asante Black is on This Is Us now, so it seems like he's moving closer in that direction. Yeah, that's true. He's getting a little bit more recognition in other areas. Good for him. He didn't need Netflix after all, I guess. But on the other show, on the other show, on the other hand, a show like On My Block, which is a oh teen God. show... And I think, you know, that that show has gotten some buzz and also gotten critical acclaim, but it does not have that the level of excitement of shows so like good. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. And I think that cast also has a lot of great breakout stars. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about like the women on any of these shows because like the unfortunate, you know, underlying issue of all this is that unfortunately the women rarely get as much. No, it's never the right, attention. Yeah. Which I is think, so yeah. No. And Strangers Things, I think, was like the one outlier of, of that case where Millie Bobby Brown was the star of the show. But that never happens. Right. Or like Lana Condor, I think, definitely got uh, her career definitely launched from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And she's done really well for herself. But compared to Noah Centineo, yeah, it's no, like no, not no. the same. No. Yeah, that's totally fair. On my block. Oh, my God. If you're not watching that show, Becky and I love to send each other this very specific clip of them talking in a valley girl accent do you love him does he love you did he say it to you with his words or like with his actions why are you talking like that why are you just based on this clip if you don't want to watch this show i don't trust you well i think this is and it's also just um it's a different kind of teen show from everything else so that's what i like about it no it's, it's really not like weird. outer banks no offense to outer banks or these other you know 10 million shows that Everyone freaks out over Ginny and Georgia. Yeah. Well, I think like so many of these, it's a younger cast. So I think for me, it's like shocking that there's not a ton of people thirsting after this. But I guess it's not surprising then on the opposite end of why people are not lusting after Killian Murphy, who's 44 in the Peaky Blinders, which I am deeply, deeply obsessed with. But I also think he's not really thirsty. He's just out here playing like every horrifying character he can find. Well, and I mean, I think the image of, Killian Murphy has a scarecrow and Batman Begins is forever emblazoned in my brain. And even if you don't know him by name, you don't forget that face. You don't forget the face of Red Eye. You don't forget the face of the scarecrow. I don't even remember exactly who he played in Inception, but I'm sure it was scary. Like he just looks like, no, he like looks a like slender man yeah. got like a, a skin suit and came for you. He's like the person off personification of the Slender Man to me. No, he is amazing in Peaky Blinders. He plays a gangster in the 1920s Birmingham in London. It works. The haircut is weird. It works. Oh, he's always in a suit. It works. I just like don't understand why more people are not obsessed with him. But I guess 
he's in his 40s and maybe he's no longer a, a Netflix boyfriend. He's more like the Netflix husband. Fair. And that's, that's a different genre completely, I guess. <laughs> Another one that Pedro Pascal would also probably fall under with Narcos fame. But he leans into it. I think he would still be okay with being the boyfriend at 46. Well, I think fine. now he's people's Mandalorian boyfriend. He's your Disney Plus boyfriend. Even though, oh. no, you can't, you don't see his face most of the time, but. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a Star Wars person, but doesn't he the internet the whole time? Definitely loves Pedro Pascal. I think first for Game of Thrones, which he actually wasn't on that many episodes of, but. Oh, but he really made an impact. It was very memorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, like, talk about scenes that are burned into your retinas. I know. That was awful. God, Game of Thrones really traumatized us for so long. But, but yeah. He's definitely one of those people that actually leans into it heavily with his. Well, when you sign up for that Disney life, you don't have a choice. Yeah, but I think he was signing up for the thirst prior to that. Oh, he's been he's been trying to get to get <laughs> get on your radar for a while. Yeah, it feels like he's always kind of around, which is fine. I love Pedro Pascal. I saw him do Shakespeare in the Park in Central Park a couple years ago, and he was very good. FYI. Just, we just should just have a segment of like Zareen's New, New York celebrity moments. <laughs> just saw him at an art opening. I saw him on the subway. I saw just, him on Broadway. I'm well, sorry I live in New York. You know what? Living here is fucking expensive. So I also live in New York. I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> well, so sorry to you. But. And I think the last person that we want to kind of go over that definitely has not gotten um, the recognition they deserve is Luke Cage, Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. Which yeah, I, think- I mean, they tried all those shows, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, that whole universe just didn't really. Yeah, they didn't. T- it didn't take off. You think flight. it would. But no, I guess people just I think maybe that's what it is. The Netflix has the Netflix boyfriend has to come from a a very happy universe where the worst thing happening is maybe you don't get into the college of your dreams, but then have to settle for another college. That is in an equally gorgeous place somewhere in Santa Barbara, California, and you'll be just fine. And there's no real problems in your life. And also you have to be under the age of 25. I mean, I agree with you, except that one of these people we've talked about, again, I remind you, is a criminal murderer stalker. No, but he lives in New York. No, then he moves to LA. He works at a bookstore. He moves to LA. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he works in a, in a food store. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Is he going to have a kid in this next season? Yeah. There's a baby coming. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, we'll wrap things up. Okay. Well, in conclusion, I feel like we should be happy for Raggy Jean Page and I'm thrilled, so excited. The short-lived relationship we had with him and look forward to seeing him in other things. Well, our journey is just beginning with him, I think. We can still look forward to seeing Penn Badgley in the next season of You. We can look forward to seeing Jacob Elordi in the Kissing Booth 3, which I know Zareen can't wait for. I just am waiting, so I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, but the real takeaway here is let's take the thirst that we have for these Netflix boyfriends and spread the love to some of the women on Netflix who are also turning in incredible performances or doing, you know, great work on shows. You know, we've already seen the love for Anya Taylor-Joy on The Queen's Gambit. So let's keep that ball rolling. 
yeah, we need we need more love from Maitreyi, you know, from Never Have I Ever. I think the way that we rallied around Millie Bobby Brown, let's let's keep that energy going. We know we're capable of it. It seems like we just lose sight every once in a while. Okay. Now to wrap things up, I have a quiz. Oh. Would you like to take a quiz? I think so. <laughs> Hopefully I... I've gathered some quotes from Netflix boyfriends. You have to name that boyfriend. Oh, God. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yes, I think so. I've consumed <laughs> so much uh, so much of this garbage, I'll be sad if I don't get this question. Okay, question one. The quote is, I just played the whole sexist conversation out in my head, and it always ended with me sounding like a dick. Do I get options? Do I just, no. like, guess, and do I just, like, throw out a Netflix boyfriend out in the wild? Uh-huh. Is it... Is it um, Peter Kavinsky? No. Ah, damn it. Try again. Uh, Is it Jacob Elordi? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was Noah from The Kissing Booth. Wow. All right. Well, I'll take it. At least I got on the second try. Okay. Question two. I have spent the last three days in agony. Unable to talk to you. Unable to be alone with you. Oh, God. You, this is you Rick wanted Rick. nothing to do with this me. This is the Duke. This is the Duke. <laughs> That's correct. That is Simon, the Duke of Hastings from Bridgerton. Question three. I'm not an option. I'm the chosen one. This. It's not Harry Potter. Harry Potter okay. is the chosen one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who. Uh, um, Is it? Could it could it be Pim Badgley? Ding ding ding! No, <laughs> yes. Question four. Oh God! I love sleeping under the stars. No, that's Peter Kavinsky. Is it no. Peter Kavinsky? No, <laughs> it's not. It is it is that the Duke again? No. What? Who is it? That is Gabrielle from Emily in Paris. Oh my God! Like talk about a quick burn. I forget he was even a netflix boy he loves sleeping under the stars weirdo he's really cute though okay next question my heart did a somersault in my chest i didn't know hearts could do that is that the duke no what god you really want all of these to be the duke i mean yeah i i didn't know that would have been like i didn't know hearts could do that (laughs) well (laughs) i'm purposely disguising the accents to make it hard for you. I don't know. This could be any of them. Is it Peter Kavinsky? It's not. Yeah, yeah. It is? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, now I kind of want to try to do them as they would say it. I would my prefer heart that. heart did a somersault in my chest. Oh, my God. That's a great Peter Kavinsky. I didn't know hearts could do that. Oh, God. Um, okay. And for the final question. Okay. I kiss a lot of girls. That's the kissing. <laughs> That it has to be Noah from the kissing booth. No. It's not? All of these guys kiss a lot of girls. Are you, but that movie is called The Kissing Booth. Is it the Duke? This has to be the Duke. Does the Duke kiss a lot of girls? No. He doesn't? He would be like, I kiss a lot of maidens. I don't know. <laughs> is it? He'd be like, I take a lot of virtues. Oh, God. I don't know who this is. It could be any of them. Emily this, one Paris is, this one's Paxton from Never Have I Ever. No. <laughs> God, he's like 30 years old, which is like confusing to my brain. The guy who plays him. 
Um, okay, that well, concludes that, was... that concludes the quiz. I didn't keep score. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I think I did pretty well, given there's only so many options. You got a hundred percent on thinking every question was the Duke from Bridgerton. Yes, I did. I you wish did best, best performance by the Duke from Bridgerton. They really okay. could all be the Duke. Well, I guess we should keep the the questioning going. Okay. Um, today I'm the Riddler. This is interrogation <laughs> hour over here. <laughs> yeah, no. Now we have to go to the burning question. Okay. Great news. One of your Netflix boyfriends has decided to get your name tattooed across <laughs> oh, his chest. No. Oh, no. Would you like to see your name spelled out across the chest of Jarrell Jerome Ooh. or Killian Murphy? Oh, this is actually like a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. There's such I I like them for such different reasons. Um, you're going to hate this answer, but I'm going to go with Killian Murphy. No, yeah, oh God, that is too jarring. No, I love Killian, him. There's no way Killian Murphy has pierced up porcelain skin with any tattoos. Does he have tattoos? I don't care if he doesn't have tattoos. This can be his first one. Doesn't matter. DJ, play "Boyfriend" by Justin Bieber. If I was your boyfriend, never let you go. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Have something to share? Email us at notoverit@popsugar.com. Not Over It is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch, and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>